Dog stood at the stove, stirring the contents of an omelet pan. As he reached for the garlic salt on the counter, he savored a familiar aroma he hadn't enjoyed in years. Too long, a voice groused in his mind. He thought it was Pa, but he wasn't sure. To the rest of the world, the schmucks, he had a real name. It was even a dignified name. But inside, he was plain old dog, as Ma and Pa had called him when they were mad, which was most of the time. He could practically hear Ma's shrill voice as he dutifully stirred, wearing boxer shorts and nothing else, in the kitchen of his suburban home. The kitchen was small, with appliances, countertops, and sink crowding a narrow aisle. It reminded Dog of the kitchen of a train where he had once worked, washing and chopping vegetables for the passengers, most of them elderly, who still traveled by train. He paused for a moment, remembering how their false teeth clicked as they ate, usually one per table in the dining car. Most people wouldn't have noticed the tiny clicking noises above the steady rhythm of metal wheels on tracks, but he had always been fascinated with the mechanics of eating. Dog's memories and thought paths were sensory-oriented. For a while, his thoughts looped and remembered images, smells, tastes, sounds, and the feeling of an October night's air on his skin, the hair rising on his naked arms, legs, chest, and back. It was a smell that brought him back to his own kitchen, a burning, acrid smell. He had neglected to stir while one memory triggered another, and the pan was smoking. Grumbling in disgust, he scraped the blackened sludge-like remains from the pan into the heavy-duty garbage disposal he had installed just last week. He turned on a fan, which seemed to circulate the smoke and smell without dissipating it. The kitchen windows were old and nearly painted shut. Usually it was a struggle to raise them a few inches. He yanked hard at the window nearest him and it yielded to his annoyance, banging into the top of the frame hard enough to rattle the glass. The fan began to push the odor out. He carefully washed the pan and, while the oil was heating again, sliced another portion of the soft, glistening mound on the cutting board. Although he was a good cook, he hardly ever used the kitchen, preferring to eat almost all of his meals out. In fact, he had needed a special shopping trip to buy the omelet pan, a spatula, cooking oil, garlic salt, and paper plates. At least he had the same old mismatched stainless forks and spoons he'd had for years. He glanced into the dining room, where a new electronic keyboard rested on the corner of the table. He was planning to try it out after dinner, because by then he would be able to play it masterfully. It wasn't quite the grand piano that his guest was used to, but it would have to do. There were, after all, practical considerations involved. His dining room, or for that matter any of the rooms of his small home, just couldn't accommodate a grand piano. Guest, said a female voice in his head. Arlene, probably. Is that what you're calling them these days? He tipped the omelet pan, and the contents tumbled onto a paper plate. He had always enjoyed music ever since he listened to Ma's favorite radio station as a grubby toddler wearing a perpetual smear of syrup or chocolate or whatever on his face, and a diaper that must have weighed a ton. Of course, classical piano was a far cry from the twangy country and western of his youth, but music was music, wasn't it? There was, in his complex personality, a strong fragment which fought against chaos, which tidied up the disorderly situations Dog created. That was Polly Mac, another childhood nickname. As he went into the dining room, Polly Mac clucked at the mess Dog had left to clean up later in the kitchen. The severed head of the pianist perched on his countertop, thoughtfully placed on a drain board angled into the side of the sink with the garbage disposal. 
The skull was neatly cracked open, vulnerable and horrible under the track lights, and the brain cavity was empty. At least the hammer and chisel he had used to open the skull had already been washed and put away. When Dog finished eating, he switched on the keyboard and tentatively, then confidently, began stroking the black and white bars. His left arm was inexpertly bandaged with gauze, as telling as a virgin stain on the bedsheets. The scratches hurt like hell, but he blocked out the pain. This was a time for the finer things, things of culture and class. Beautiful music played in his mind, and he was immensely satisfied with his guests, now his own talents. A pounding on the door finally broke Dog's reverie. He opened the door, catching his neighbor, Bill Weston, with his arm raised to strike the door again. Oh, there you are. The wife and I were wondering if you could be so kind as to turn down that TV a notch. You see, Helen's not feeling well, and she's been trying to close her eyes and catch some Z's all afternoon.